0: Can't do that so we're going to pray and then we'll get into our um message for today we're not be long normally on our fun day sundays we're very brief remember everything okay you see that bowl of candy over there i want to give it all away we're going to play a review game right after this we do this right after it's going to be fun and uh, you can play it on your phones with us and interact it'll be fun a lot of it will be reviewed some will be bible some won't be bible but it'll be fun we do that on these days so remember everything Tune in. See what the Lord might teach us today. Let's pray. Father, bless us now as we look into these verses for your glory, for your honor. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So our key verse for the series is 1 Thessalonians 5, 14 and 15. We use the King James version of the Bible for what that's worth. Uh, Most of our verses will be up on the screen for you to help follow us today. The Bible says, Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly, comfort the feeble-minded, support the weak be patient to all men see that none render evil for evil unto any man but ever follow that which is good both among yourselves and to all men you know everything or everyone in this life handles circumstances differently don't we we all do and and we need to stop making then people feel guilty uh, for doing this or for not doing that or whatever when people say nope i just can't do that they mean it (laughs) yes and we have to be more understanding we have to be more accommodating help them along rather than beating them over the head and putting them down so our key verses here say we can be tough with those who are unruly unmanageable but we are to be gentle with the weak and that usually is in the area of psychologically or emotionally weak not everybody is is strong like you amen and you're not probably as strong as you think that you really are and so let's stop demanding and expecting more from people than they can give. And this is what Christians do. So that's the, the crux of our series. Nope. Uh, we just can't, I just can't do that. By the way, these are available online. Um, you can just go to CityChurchNV for Nevada, CityChurchNV.com. And all of these previous sermons are available there online. We've been recording them and putting them on our website. So some other information about our church there, check us out as well. So the end game is this. We ultimately want to see others succeed at life. And we also ourselves want to be always on the side of God's blessing. That's why we do these things. That's why we live like this. That's why we comfort and and, and support people. So today's theme is this. Different people say, nope, I can't do this or that for various reasons, various reasons. So, first of all, some people look back in time too much. Look at this verse up here. Jesus said this, Jesus said to them, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back, you see that, is fit for the kingdom of God. You know, sometimes we feel like things were better back then, don't we? You know, it's been said that the grass, it might look greener on the other side of the fence, but we can't see the snakes until we get over there. You ever thought about that? Drawing back like that displeases the God that calls us. Hebrews 10, 38 says this. Now, the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And so some people, they just look back in time too much. But then you have another group. Sometimes we feel like we'll miss out on something. Look at this verse up here in Luke 17 and verse 32. So we've read Luke 9:62, Hebrews 10:38. Now we're looking at Luke 17, 32. Very short verse, but it's loaded with meaning. If you know this story, it's loaded with meaning. Remember Lot's wife. One of the earliest stories in the Old Testament was the nephew of Abraham. It was Lot. And they were all just kind of too entwined, if you will, in Sodom and Gomorrah. Just a little bit too too intertwined with a place that God was about to destroy. The Bible says uh, in another place about that same event in Genesis 1926. But his wife looked back from behind him and she became a pillar of salt. You know, let me give you the background here. As God was about to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah, if you know that story, for their wickedness, he commanded Abraham and his nephew Lot and their family to escape and never look back. Say never look back. So he told him, never look back to avoid being destroyed by the falling fire and brimstone from heaven. So Lot's sons-in-law laughed in his face. They said, Daddy, you crazy. Ain't no way we're leaving all this, right? And so soon God's fire and brimstone fell and they all died in unbelief, did they not? Lot's wife almost made it out, but at the last minute, vexed and worn down and troubled, exhausted, given over to. That's what that word vexed means. She was vexed with the filthy conversation or the lifestyle of Sodom. She started to look back and remember, oh no, I left my iPhone 14 Pro. <laughs> Amen. She was thinking about her expensive jewelry collection. She was wondering what would happen to all her club memberships. Come on, y'all help me preach this thing. Amen. Y'all know I ain't got no voice this morning. Y'all got to help me. Amen. So soon as she turned around, God made her into a pillar of salt. Yes, because he said, don't look back. So she was frozen in time and she succumbed to her times. You know, James tells us that a double minded man is unstable in James one and verse eight. He's unstable in all of his ways. Do you get that? You know, there are some things that we just can't say. Nope. I just can't do that about. Most importantly, repenting of sin and receiving Jesus Christ as our as, as our eternal savior. You can't just say nope to that because you have to. If you don't, then the default is hell. Number two, let me talk about this. Some people look at the times we're in. So some look back too much. Number two, I want you to see some people look at the times we're in too much. We're kind of all over the Bible. So here's another one for you. Second, Timothy four and verse 10. For Demas hath forsaken me. Paul here, the apostle, is writing, having loved this present world and has departed unto Thessalonica, Cretans to Galatia and Titus unto Dalmatia. But I want you to notice that the reason Demas, by the way, his name means the popular one. That's what that word means. He loved this present world. Do you see that? See, God has given us this world to enjoy, but not to worship. Amen. And so if we worship it, we're not we're not doing it in in accordance with the scripture. Here's another one for you. Acts 17, talking about these times that we live in and the times of this ignorance. God winked at. But now he has commanded all men everywhere to repent. That means to turn from sin, to turn to Christ. Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. All of the, seri- all the earthquakes in the world that are going on, all of the different disturbances that are happening in our world are pointing to the fact that Jesus is coming soon. This could become a reality today. And the Bible says he has appointed a day. He will judge the world in righteousness by that man that he has ordained, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men in that he hath raised him from the dead. We serve a living Savior. We don't serve a dead savior. He's not still on the cross. You know, he's in heaven. He rose up from that grave. Yes. And so some people look at the times that we're in too much. You know, there's that old hymn that says this world is not our home. Yes. I'm just a passing through. Our treasures are laid up somewhere. Yes. Beyond the blue. And he says, and that goes on to say the word, the angels beckon me from heaven's open door and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Yes. And so, again, God wants us to understand two things so far. We don't want to look back. Some of us look back too much. Some of us look at the times that we're in too much. You know, when I think about that song, I also, that old, you know, uh, uh, that world is not our home. I think about also the, how we act like we stay in here forever. Yes? No, we just can't do that. Amen? Can I invoke our sermon title for a minute? We can't do that. God says we're not going to be here forever. Not only does God say He'll judge this world, as we just read, but also that this world and everything in it, friends, will burn up. One day it will burn up. So why would you want to put your tent posts too deep in such unstable volcanic soil? What kind of soil did I say? Volcano. All right, just I, I, I repeated that just for just in case. Just tuck it away somewhere. Amen. All right. So we, we ask others this question all the time when they catch us at a bad time, right? You know? Um, and so uh, have you ever asked yourself the same question? Here's the question. What in the world do you want? Have you ever asked anybody that? Usually what we mean when we're asking that though is the emphasis is, is, is not on the world world, it's what. That's the emphasis on the word what. But when God asked that question, the emphasis is on the, wor- is on the word world. OK, what in the world do you want? And so we can't take nothing with us. You do understand that. Yes. Except the souls that we lead to Christ. Those are the only things that we can take with us. So shouldn't world evangelism then that each one reach one be considered the most important work that we do on this earth? on this earth? And so each one of us needs to reach one. So number three, told you I'm not going to be long. My third point and I'll be done. Some people look back too much. Some of us look where we are too much. But then thirdly, some of us look at the future times with too much indifference. Let's talk about that. There are scriptures that talk about that. Second Peter 3, and we'll land in verse 3. Knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, we're in those days right now, who walk after their own lusts. And they say, where is the promise of his coming, right? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For this they are willingly ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was being overflowed, this is the flood, Noah's flood, that world perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now, this is a different world than pre-flood world. You do understand that, yes? We're not in the same world. OK, people don't live as long. The topography of the world is different. That water broke everything up and, and carved places in the ground that weren't there before. That flood, when it receded, completely reconfigured our world. Water is powerful when it moves like that. And so the excuse me, <laughs> the heavens and the earth, which are now about the same word, are kept in store and they're reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. So that tells me that Jesus has only been gone in his mind two days. Two, a thousand, two thousand years ago, roughly. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as those who say, Where is the promise of his coming? Yes? As some men count slackness. But he's long suffering. That's why he's waiting to us, not willing that any should perish. That means to die and go to hell, but that all should come to repentance, that change of heart and mind about the truth of the gospel. That's what we mean by repentance. So some, some of us look at the future with too much indifference. They laugh, notice in verse three, at the Lord's coming. Scoffers, they mock, they make fun of. In verse three also, they lust after worldliness. So they laugh at his coming. They lust after worldliness. In verse five and eight, we see they live then in spiritual ignorance. In verses five and verse eight. So the end game is they, like all sinners, need to repent. Look at verse nine up there. They need to repent and they need to turn to God in faith. We have some wonderful missionaries. I'll close with this story, true story. Um, We support Around the world, four different people doing ministry. One is in Czechoslovakia, and I want to share something with you from them. Beautiful young couple, one of the sharpest couples I think I've ever met. One of the most spiritual couples I think I've ever met. And they're in their young, probably late 20s, early 30s, surrendered their life to go halfway around the world forever. I want you to understand that they didn't have any plans on because they're both born here in America, um, and uh, but don't have any plans on coming back. And so. So so they are in Czechoslovakia, one of the most beautiful places in the world, but also one of the most godless, very intellectual. Uh, There's a lot of pride that goes along with that intellectualism. And it this group that you see in our church today would be a big church there. That's big. It's a mega church there. So they live really day to day ministering to one or two or three people at a time. Let me share something with you from their letter. They send, we also are missionaries, my wife and I, to the city of Las Vegas, and we're supported. Uh, We were at one point by several different churches. These in Czechoslovakia are as well. I work a full-time job. They can't because they're Americans. They can't go to another country and do that. So I'm bivocational, but we, among many churches, support this couple financially to be able to do the work of the Lord in Czechoslovakia. Listen to what they write. there are missionaries there to the Czech Republic and he says this during my most recent sit-down conversation with a young medical student he opened up about his stress due to the challenges of becoming a cardiologist he shared that being around death because of his practical studies is difficult it's important to understand that talking about death in the Czech culture is taboo Most Czechs won't admit it, but the topic of death causes them to experience anxiety stemming from their godless mindset. They are terrified that even discussing it can bring the worst kind of bad luck. When I told my friend that I start every day thinking about my death, he reprimanded me for my foolishness. After he said his piece, the Lord allowed me to discuss the differences in our perspectives of death. The Lord allowed me to take him to 1 Corinthians 15 to see why my family's perspective of death is wildly different than his. Thanks to the resurrection of Jesus. See, as believers, being prepared to die means that we can truly live because to live is Christ and to die is gain. Pray with us that God will save this young man's soul. We don't know what the Lord is doing in his heart, but we love to see the word take deep root and bear fruit unto salvation. You know, as I think about those words, friends, this is an all too common example of preaching to lost people like these Czechs who have a false understanding about death or who refuse to believe that they're lost or that they even need Jesus. It takes years in this culture that he's telling me many times to get through to people, the one or two people that he's working with and his wife are working with, to believe that they're lost, let alone that they need Christ because of that intellectual pride or otherwise. The big problem, however, is they don't know when Jesus will return, that's the big issue. And then it's gonna be too late. See, they'll be left behind and the lies that they're believing now will be multiplied a hundred times over when Antichrist comes on the scene, because he will cause people to believe a lie, and many will die in that state of unbelief and spend eternity in hell. That's why we do what we do. That's why each one reach one, yes? And so with that, let's pray, and uh, after that, we'll have some fun together here, and, uh, but let's pray. Father, we're grateful just for this short time in your word. Lord, I pray that it would have a long impact in our hearts and lives. While you